And now, it's time for Steamy Potential. A podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Welcome to Steamy Potential. Mm-mm. Sorry That's to get right. us sidetracked immediately, but are you interested in learning polyphonic singing with me? Because I watched uh, a bunch of videos yesterday about it. Please, please explain. <clears throat> so this woman, Maria... You'll find her if you Google like overtone singing or polyphonic singing. She's the uh, Adele or Taylor Swift of polyphonic singing. Um, And she kind of gives a little demo on how to do it. You start with like an ooh or or an O. And move to an E. And then at some point during that journey, you'll hear higher tones appearing in your voice. Kind of like if you ring out a guitar or something and you can kind of hear like the harmonics, the higher harmonics. Yeah, right. It's a lot of fun. It's good to have fun, isn't it? Yeah, now you get it. Yeah, It takes a while and you can, it takes a while to like hear it, I think. Because at the at the first (laughs) instance, you don't have to really do anything. Yeah, (laughs) and also you got to like, Play it on the on the keyboard at the same time <laughs> to hear it. Um, no, but if you do it enough, you go. It helps to pick the right starting. What they call the fundamental, like oh, oh, oh. play around with which one you pick, and then do it a few times. And eventually, you'll start to hear this slight higher note hanging above your fundamental, and then fuck. Check out some videos of this stuff because it is okay. incredible. Yeah, because people say, who are like, "What do we do with this once we have?" Yeah, it? yeah. But there, are, there's like some guy who does like Pasha Bell's Canon, you know, the dun, 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 and he's like, oh, and he holds that note, oh, 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 does like the bass note, and over the top he's like, so he's singing like both at the same time. Wait, he's singing both at the same time? He's singing both. That's insane. It's insane. By just using like, oh, he, he moves his mouth between or oh and e. And you can hear it because they get really good at like bringing out that top note. I know this has nothing to do with TV shows, but whew, that would be a good TV show. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's about a kid who gets a bullied mercilessly because <laughs> he wants to learn overtone singing. <laughs> it's about a kid who starts a music career that goes nowhere because <laughs> he's just it ends in a quick oh. and merciful suicide. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, good. We'll, we'll have a listen to that. Uh, mm. In the break, um, but let's uh, welcome back as well to to uh, mm. to yourself and to, to our to our many many listeners. Uh, we've had break. a bit of a break, yeah. It's been mm. a good good few weeks. Get out there, enjoy the, rest, the, the holiday period. That's right. Mm. Catch up on some some new television shows, perhaps. Yes. What television show did you catch up on, Nick? Well, Dan. Thank you for using my 
proper name. <laughs> well, Dan. If you listen carefully, you'll hear Dan. <laughs> you'll hear, I hate you, Dan, over the top of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hate you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> yes. Uh. Uh. I. I. I well. Um, the one weird thing happened over this holiday mm-hmm. period was Dan and I are uh, intercontinentally intersexualed. Yeah. Yep. Um, Intercourse. And we. Uh. We were in the same continent. In fact. Mm. Uh. Over this period, which was nice, we did not record anything together, even though it would have been much easier than doing <laughs> it how we are doing it. Um. But instead, we decided that after so much backlash from our many fans and listeners, it was time to watch mm. Shit's Creek. To address the shit in the room. To really... The big pile of <laughs> elephant-shaped shit in the corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> to really just try some of that shit. Mm. And uh, we watched the first few together. And then uh, after that, we're like, let's let's nail the rest of this shit. Mm. And uh, to be fair, I, get... I mean, I didn't finish it all. I mean, there's some six, seven seasons of this shit. Um, but I did watch comfortably into the second season. Okay, good. How did you oh, you do? got further than me. I, I got to close to the end of the first season. I mean, there's how many episodes are there? Like 22 in the first? Mm, there's actually only like, th- it's a 13er. It's one okay, of then shows. in which case yeah. then I am into the second second season. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess. They're, um, yeah, it's not such a long season. I Especially because I was flying and flights got delayed and blah, blah, blah. And so I just binged it. It was pretty bingeable. Um, I'll give it that. So, I, I don't know. Do you, what, was your, what was your overall impression of this thing? You know, I think we've discussed before how, like, comedy series tend to, at some point, abandon the comedy for, like, drama mm. or to, for a message. Mm-hmm. Shit's Creek does that pretty quickly. It, yeah, it definitely but it still maintains a bit of comedy. It's there were many times where I laughed like out loud and thought this is good, but they were still few and far between for any given episode. There was like every episode had one big laugh out loud, and maybe this conversation is not interesting to people that haven't seen the show. So maybe there's a way of broadening the lessons we can learn from it. Um, I feel like a lot of it. It's so sparse. Shit's Creek, like there's so. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's it leaves a lot of room in between lines and in between the comedy to the point where I thought like you know how you have like Friends where the laugh track is taken out or Big Bang Theory where the laugh track is taken out. It felt a little bit like that. Once I started, once I had that realization, I started to watch it and I was like, yeah, they want to, they kind of want to put a laugh track in here because they'll <laughs> say a joke and then it'll like cut to one of their reactions and the reaction's not usually that interesting. It'll be like. Um, you know, Eugene Levy just kind of like widening his eyes and sort of looking down. It's not like it doesn't add to the comedy so much, but it's a moment when there should be a laugh track, but because it's a, you know, a modern show made in Canada, it doesn't have a laugh track, but it feels like it would, could use one. Yeah. You know, I think I take, I guess an example I give, and it's a good, really good point because the, the example I give is the, um, there's an episode that's called, don't worry, she's my sister. Hmm. Oh, don't worry. It's her sister. Maybe right? the very first. Maybe it's the pilot. Um, or possibly the second episode. It's a few. It's three episodes in. Yeah, and yeah. like it starts off and it and like opens up on the picture of like welcome to Shit's Creek, mm-hmm. and it's like a man and a woman by a creek, and 
like the woman's kind of bending over and the man's kind of got around the waist and like they're fully clothed, but I guess it kind of looks like, like doggy position, right? Yeah. Like one of the three main positions. One of the three uh, positions that exist. Mm. And of course the other two being? Normal and girl on top. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, so and, and like so, it comes in pain. You're like, oh yeah, okay. I guess it's like slightly sexually suggestive, and then ensues like kind of a like a four or five minutes. It feels like with them like looking at the sign, like, oh look at this sign. Mm. Don't you think it looks like you know, like they're just doing that? And it's like, yeah, like either viewer got that immediately. I didn't find it yeah. that like fresh or funny, but they just like you know, look at it, like yeah. look at it, like. Look, it wants to like like, be an uncomfortable, (laughs) cringy comedy sometimes, but it's not like real enough to be cringy. Yeah, you know, like that that moment would never happen in real life. So it's not like, oof, don't you hate it when you have to explain when a sign looks like you know incest? Like you just can't relate to them. And the episode is called obviously. Don't worry, it's my sister. Or don't worry, that's 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 her sister. Yeah, her sister. Yeah, and like. That's kind of like a punchline that comes, I guess, halfway through the episode. They're like, yeah, I oh, felt no, that no, as no. well. And I was like, ah, oh, like we'd already, I already assumed that based yeah. on the <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw the, the sign, I was like, oh, that's going to be the punchline to this whole bit. Why do they call the episode that punchline? <laughs> <laughs> They've like ruined the punchline. Thirteen minute fucking little build up for something I know is coming. It was, and it's just very strange. And the whole episode's around it, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's just. I do think part of it is. Um, the characters are hit and miss. Like Eugene Levy's character is nothing. He he should be the Michael Bluth, right? He should be trying to hold everything together and therefore get it. He should think everyone else is. You should be like on his side. But there is yeah. no Michael Bluth to the show, like that because they're all just um unpleasant and unlikable. You know, and I think some like the mum, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Moira is excellent by far and away the best. She person usually on that gets. Show. The big laugh out loud moment. She and the sun is pretty time. good. Yeah, Daniel Levy is has some very good moments and does some like good facial work and so on. And the daughter Annie Murphy, name of what's her character's name? Uh, something Rose. That's her last name. <laughs> yeah, I want to say uh, Tiffany Felicity. For Fel- uh, Trish. Uh, t- Alexis. I've only seen fucking yep. Alexis. I've only seen. I've only watched fucking... it binge for the last <laughs> seventy-two hours. Alexis and Johnny. Okay, fuck four characters. We can remember their names. Good. Yep. That's a really an indictment of our memory at this point. But again, like I want to like all these people, but it's just there's so many. They rely on like their facial reactions to things, and there's not enough like. I wanted more Arrested Development. I wanted it to be less realistic in some ways or more realistic. It straddles this weird line like where, like the Roland character. Fuck, this is going to be so uninteresting for anyone that hasn't seen the show. But the yeah, Roland yeah. character, the mayor of the show, who's just like a hillbilly uh, redneck who who kind of doesn't believe anything that the family say, who like wants to be their friend but kind of doesn't... It, I can't peg him. I don't know whether he's meant to be like a real character or a caricature or his whole vibe just is totally different to the other characters. So anytime there's like Johnny, the dad and Roland, the mayor in the same scene, it's just, I don't think I've ever laughed because they're like, they're on, they're on a different show. Like one is on yeah. a really deadpan. Um, I don't know, like 
British show almost, Daniel, uh, like Eugene Levy. And then there's Roland, who's almost like a Will Ferrelly type movie, who's like, all right, <laughs> it's like really over the top. <laughs> they just live in different universes. And maybe they resolve some of that throughout the seasons. They eventually, like, some director comes in and says, okay, let's get on the same page here. <laughs> let's let's fix this. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. So there are is sparse jokes and just non-gelling of, of characters. You know, I think like the, the pilot episode, yep, the Roland, the mayor comes in and he's like, can I use your toilet? And they're hmm. like, oh no. He's like, I really got to use the toilet. It's like, okay, I guess you can use the toilet. And then like five minutes passes and he's like, oh, just use your toilet. And it was like, oh, that smells terrible. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like, there is like yeah. yeah. It feels like and there are two, two like two major voices in the show and one is the sort of Rolandy stuff using the toilet and then the other stuff is like basically anything that Moira is doing and it's more <laughs> arrested developmenty and is brilliant. Yeah. And she is uh, Catherine O'Hara just nails it every mm, time. 100%. <laughs> That's a great bit where she's like she's trying to show off that she did theater. I don't know if you've seen this one. She's in the cafe, and she's like, "Oh yes, I've done, I've done everything." And then someone says, "Like, oh well, I, like I did a production of Annie, like a regional production of Annie." She was like, "Oh, who hasn't?" Now bring me the menu. Um, she's like, "Oh, you, you need the menu." She's like, "Yes, I'm not quite off book yet," <laughs> but like, it's everything she says has got like so many layers of her kind of mocking everyone around her. But yeah, it's very Jessica Waltersy. It's yeah, 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 absolutely spectacular. She's. She's written very well, and I, mm. I've, I've seen some notes about the show, and they kind of talk about scoring Catherine O'Hara as kind of like a pretty big name, mm. uh, you know. And I think she she probably is in like Canada and, and North America. I, like, hasn't, yeah. I mean, the only thing I've seen her in is um, is Home Alone, mm-hmm. and obviously Home Alone has been a big part of my life. But that's yes. it. She's practically <laughs> your mum. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 and she leaves me home alone every Christmas with Coley mm. McCulkin. Um, <laughs> Mac- but yeah, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, there is like oh, there's times like there's just one bit where you know they get a check, and they're hoping it's a lot of money, and it's not a lot of money. And then there's just like maybe a minute at the end of Eugene Levy going to sleep a bit grumpy. <laughs> and yeah, it's not funny, and he's just lying in bed going, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> did they forget to cut? <laughs> like it's just some lot that should all not, be laugh track. That should be a minute of like whooping and squealing, and then I yeah. like it. Just to come go back and stick a fucking laugh track in this thing. Let's do it, baby. Um, right? Have we? Is that enough shitting? Well, maybe. Is it I've possible got... that Wikipedia got hacked when they made? Can this be right? Macaulay Culkin's Wikipedia entry. Is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin? We seen this. We hear about this. <laughs> is it possible that's his real name? <laughs> Why is that his name? Wait, Macaulay. Hopefully, Macaulay it's been Culkin, fixed by <laughs> Culkin. <laughs> Born Macaulay. Born Macaulay Carson Culkin. Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Wait, did he change his name to double him up? <laughs> Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. Born Macaulay Carson Culkin. Jesus. Okay, sorry to drag us even further off track i just had to check because i made the same mistake as you recently i think i was drunk when i said his name was Col- Coley mcculkin 
And if I'm not much mistaken, you, you mocked me heavily at the time. But you just fell into my trap. You've been I waiting. accepted you. <laughs> You've been mm-hmm. waiting so long. But then you just had to check. To make sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. That it I wanted wasn't to burn Colin you on it, but then I, <laughs> I know I've been burnt before by this double-ended mistress. Wait, which way was it? <laughs> it was indeed Macaulay. If you Macaulay, think his name Culkin, is a palindrome, <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense forward and back. It's Macaulay, Coley, McCulkin, Culkin. <laughs> it's. Cull McCulkin, <laughs> call call me, <laughs> call me McCulkin. Call me McCulkin. <laughs> Carly Ray Jepsen's terrible hit. Call McCulkin. Call McCulkin. Now that we have lost what little listenership have, <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> made. Is it time for our first? Uh, Please, Our God. first idea. Mm. I don't think we've said it yet. This this podcast, we discuss great ideas no, for can't. great television shows, whether or not mm. they could be made. We've hit 2022. We're at episode 18. Mm-hmm. And here is idea number, I want to say, 55. You guessed wrong, but mm. that might be well. That might well be right. Did you want to kick it off? I'd kick it or off. shall I? Yeah, for sure. I have... For- I have- Two, I do have two. Potentially, I have a closer. If you do, you have anything you want to talk about at the end? Uh, I don't have a closer. I've only got the one excellent idea. <laughs> of course, and there's nothing wrong with only having merely one very good idea. Uh, so, do you want to kick it off then? Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, we might run out of time, but who knows? We're assuming we have been talking about Shit's Creek and Colin <laughs> McCall. We'll cut all that shit anyway. Some twenty-one minutes yeah. now. A third. <laughs> <laughs> A royal third of the um, episode. So maybe we... A royal third. Um, honestly, my, my second idea, hopefully, we should give it at least an hour. So okay. let's, let's just breeze through these. Let's have... Okay. We could do a fusion. Not, yeah, we shouldn't true. discuss what we're going to do until we do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll trim all this. Okay. This is called Second Species. And let's just bring the tone down because this is not a comedy. Good. Like Shit's Creek. Exactly. Um... Gulon tears at the blo- I've already fucked it. <laughs> okay, I'm I gotta bring it down. <laughs> I gotta. I'm corpsing. I'm corpsing on my pitch. Second species. Gulon tears at the burnt flesh of a lizard. His well-developed canines drag the flesh to the back of his extra-large mouth. His powerful Neanderthal arms crack the bones to suck marrow out. A delicacy amongst his culture. He reclines back and stares up at the stars, content. He hums a tune and falls asleep. When he awakens the next morning, his hunting partner is gone. This isn't so unusual since he prefers to hunt alone. As he makes his long way back on the path to the camp, he hears a noise. Four humans appear out of the thick brush and surround him. They mock him with their lazy slang, call him homophobic slurs. Eventually they pin him down and sexually assault him. He slowly limps back into camp and collapses, while his tribe surrounds him and tends to his wounds. Thus begins the central arc of the first season, which explores the point of contact between humans and Neanderthals. Neanderthal DNA contributes to 2% of modern human DNA, meaning there was a tense but intimate relationship between the two groups. In the show, we see this 
Uh, as a much larger tribe of humans bullies the introverted but intelligent Neanderthal society, they are constantly threatened and demeaned. In particular, Gulon's family, since he appears to stand up to the humans. Until finally, mid-season, the Neanderthal Council offers a tribute, Gulon's sister, as a bride to the human's leader. They marry and produce offspring, which Gulon helps to raise, but he harbours a revenge plan, an elaborate plan. A plan that humans, with their reliance on teamwork and socialising, could never predict or protect against. A plan that only a Neanderthal could execute. And Gulon plans to do no less than wipe out the entire human race. Copy that in. Ooh. All right, first question. <clears throat> Present. Gulon? <laughs> I kind of thought, what would a Neanderthal be called? <laughs> Gulon. I, so, okay, so, and this kind of like brings... A stew. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a yeah, stew that I guess you'd it's find a... in the Eastern Bloc. You yeah, want some Gulon? What does it sound like? Grab goulash. Goulash, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, brings us to the first question, which is... Yeah, okay, so the name is representative of a broader point that these people have to speak English, ultimately. Kind of like, so I, this maybe takes a, a cue from shows like Vikings, where, and people get it right around that shit. Oh, yeah. But there's I've no way that, it, you've never seen, I, I've seen like half a season, it's solid, um, but there's no way that it's historically accurate. But it's super addictive, because you kind of feel like you're learning something, but it's a trick. <laughs> Kind of like Age of Empires or something like that, yeah. or Assassin's <laughs> Creed. You're learning all of the mysteries of history um, without uh, wasting uh, any time. <laughs> I actually heard that um, a lot of people confused Game of Thrones with actual history. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. it's Yeah, so th- it also takes a cue from Game of Thrones, for sure. This kind of like semi-historic... Not that Game of Thrones is even vaguely historic, but like it, <laughs> it feels like it could have happened. And of yeah, course, with they the all magic and the dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all it it it's a you know a kind of mirror world to the culture wars that we have in modern day, right? And so you have like um, two societies which mostly mind their own business, but the humans are sort of starting to encroach on the Neanderthals, like the much smaller Neanderthal tribe. And so you go through like. You know, they should have all the sort of family drama and um, intra intercultural drama that something like Game of Thrones or Vikings would have. Like, a you know, power plays and, and um, you know, inheriting people's positions in the council or in the blah, blah, blah. You know, all that good Games of Thrones shit. Yeah. <laughs> never seen the Never seen the man, but I've heard it's good. <laughs> never met the woman. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of that. But at the same time, you get this thing of like, maybe this really happened. And in some way, it must have happened because humans and Neanderthals did a come in each other and made a baby at some did point. They? Are we those babies? We're the babies. <laughs> we're the baby in the sentence. So what were because... the humans before um, before they did the come in each other and, and made us? Well, the... So one theory is that Neanderthals were just bred out of extinction, uh, bred out of existence um, that their like genes just as- assimilated in- into ours, and and then they weren't different enough to sort of survive on their own. Right. They so they're, just they're, the and they obviously they broke off the same lineage as us, but then developed, I guess, evolved some separate DNA, and then mated again, whatever, hundred thousand years later, presumably. And so 
we have distinctly Neanderthal DNA in ours. So it implies that either we just, like, our DNA just kind of ate theirs by breeding, or we had some kids with them and then killed the rest of them over time. It's like, it's kind of one or the other. Um, or possibly Wikipedia says it could also have been a natural, <laughs> a natural uh, event, like a, a calamity or crisis or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. this is so, kind of the Game of Thrones dramatization of of that. So in this discovery, dramatization, um, mm. uh, like how. How, like how um, civilized uh, mm-hmm. are you going to set these tribes? Like, are they going to be? That's a tough um, one. Yeah, because like, you don't obviously... want it to be a joke. They, it shouldn't be the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it shouldn't be the Flintstones. Yeah, is this? And you don't want them. The Flintstones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Flintstones, but with like, well, sexual Dark assault themes. and <laughs> <laughs> pretty rough times. Yeah, is um, it Flintstones meets Game of Thrones? I don't know. I, d- I don't think it's Flintstones. I think they should be... I think all of the tools and places they live and ways they get around should be, like, fairly histori- historically accurate. But when it comes to their, like, um, you know, palace intrigue and backstabbing and uh, their sort of councils and, and bickering, like, between humans and, like, all their, like, warfare tactics, and I think that can just be all... Game of Thrones. I think you just take okay. that way to the extreme, and they're like super, and maybe even go further. Like maybe humans are kind of Game of Thronesy or Vikingsy, but the um, the Neanderthals are like a higher race, and they're like like they can maybe they can write like really complicated diagrams, and they can plan like ten ten steps ahead. That could be kind of cool, kind of, kind of fun. So, kind of fool. <laughs> kind of, cool. it could be a kind of fool, um, kind of a fun, cool vibe. So okay, mm. so like they're not, but we're not like not like Game of Thrones where they don't have like shields and 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 swords. It's like someone sneakily bashes the head in of another one with a big old rock. Yeah, and I guess they can use and like breaking into like the the stronghold means. Kind of just pushing a bit, just, at the pushing, pushing the people down, <laughs> pushing them down. The people that get in the pushing, way, pushing, pushing the sticks aside. It's, which it's true. There's not going to the be as many like um, Vikingy, Roman, Trojan, Spartan kind of battles. I'm thinking the battles are going to be <laughs> pretty <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me flip Swing it. It's not bones at each other. It's not. It's got the intrigue of Game of Thrones. It's got, like, the power plays and so on. Okay, yeah, good. But it doesn't have the... Ba- and I also don't... I guess there are battles in Game of Thrones. Again, I never met the woman. But I this one doesn't have direct battles. It's going to be more like the humans use their skills, which are teamwork and the ability to, like, plan, um, you know, traps and coordinate with each other. And so that's going to lead to some interesting, like, situations where they just get... Like, the only way... like a, I think a Neanderthal is a stronger being than a human. So if you pit them up against each other, the Neanderthal is going to win, like, in a physical um, battle of brawn. But there are so many humans that that just isn't possible. Like, the Neanderthals could never just go to war with the humans. Right. And the humans know that they can kind of surround the Neanderthals, but then why wouldn't they just kill them all off? Maybe they kind of need the Neanderthals. Maybe they build tools or something for them and they kind of let them survive, but then they start to pick them off in some way. Yeah, maybe you've got like a slave type situation, like you're getting the Neanderthals to do the heavy labor mm. just because they're yeah. strong. Get them maybe to, that's what it is. To, to do the hunt. Mm. 
But then on the other hand, yeah, mm. go ahead. Well, I'm just like, I'm just trying to think of like, what's the catalyst? Like, is it that the Neanderthals are trying to like break out of this issue? Or maybe it's a Neanderthal accidentally, maybe a Neanderthal kills a human and now the great purge is upon us. Mm. I mean, I guess I saw, well, maybe that's, maybe that's season one. So like here, my, my driver, my engine is this kind of main character who was basically on a revenge bit. You know, they've... He's being sexually abused, which is, you know, that's... It establishes the show as very self-important. <laughs> and yep. takes itself very seriously. And I think that's that's the key to differentiating this show from the Flintstones. I don't want anyone to go in thinking this is going to be the Flintstones. I think it's got to be kind of like Breaking Bad. You have, you know, right off, right off the bat, something pretty rough happens. And that sets in motion. Um, I mean, it could be this... This assault, it could be like the Neanderthals accidentally kill a, a human and then have to cover it up, uh, but then humans eventually find out. I mean, it could be like, as long as it's something pretty intense and and brings the humans and Neanderthals in like deep tension right from the get-go, that maybe up until then they've just kind of been wary of each other, that haven't really tested each other's skills and, and abilities, but now they're, they're going to have to like reach in and reach deep down and figure out what they're good at that the other person isn't good at. Yeah, well, interesting. interesting. And, and like, wh- I mean, where where does this go? Is I mean, I, I know it's... Oh, it goes his... nowhere. Yeah, great. Is it, is it, is it that we... I, we I'd do... like it to be like an alternative history where maybe at the end of like season two or something, the entire, like the human race in that area is actually wiped out. And you start to like rewrite history where Neanderthals start to rise up and... C- Kind of like a real Planet of the Apes type. Yeah, yeah. Type it's situation. got Planet of the Apes vibes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big time. Like, and that is well, it is. I mean, I guess like you know, you've got the you know the the apes are just kind mm. of in many ways Neanderthalish kind of that's true stronger, but not as tactical. Mm. Well, as... is that the take home? I always thought they were like super intelligent in the. Actually, that's true. Um, I guess it depends which some of, of the them apes anyway. you go by. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. Isn't like Caesar meant to be like extremely intelligent yeah i think so again never really saw it but i do think that this is exactly the plot of it and i think the plot is that these these monkeys get real smart and i've only i haven't seen the like the new i've seen i haven't seen a bit of the the new one but the one that i've seen is where they kind of go to a parallel universe Mm. and right because there was you mean so there's the original set of them and then the reboot set yeah yeah, which is like and you the saw... rise of the planet apes and the dawn of yeah. the planet of the apes or whatever it is. You can tell they're reboots because the names of them are extremely long. Yeah, the good it's times real, like, of the monkeys Nolan, of Nolan the Earth vibe to it of the apes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it does. It's got yeah. a. It's got like that kind of <coughs> planet of the apes vibe. Whose team are we meant to be on? I guess therefore, if the ne- I've, sounds to me like we're on the Neanderthal side. I think we're pretty clearly on the like. I think the Neanderthals should be peaceful and intelligent and introverted, and the humans should basically be like a bunch of bullies, which yeah. I think history like bears us out on that one. I think they just like got together in big groups. They did everything as a group, as a gang, and I'd love to give them all kind of like Northern English accents, whereas <laughs> that like I'd love to, this to be a kind of Billy Elliot coming of age story, um, where Gulon is kind of like. I mean, I hate to make it classist and, and root for the upper class, but it'd be it'd be kind of nice if the if the um, Neanderthals are a bit proper. 
And, and the I'm long so glad you made like the boys from the street. kind of like the more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they actually were, is is the weird thing. I think oh, really? they got... Okay, yeah. Yeah, in, in reality, like, supposedly... I mean, yeah, it's... There's no way to know, of course. But, like, the th- the understanding, I think, is because of their... They had larger brains and that it was basically just because they couldn't... Um, they didn't have teamwork as much as humans did. So they couldn't, like, work together... And so humans, for one reason or another, were able to like outlive them. But I think like the conventional wisdom is that that Neanderthals were more like intelligent, classically intelligent, as far as like problem solving skills go. But they couldn't like work, they they didn't have good social skills. Huh. That's interesting. And I guess you know it almost um, it almost kind of carries through to today as well. Like mm. <laughs> often, like very intelligent people are like very introverted and yeah. Not maybe as that's dominant like as the like perhaps someone who's like you know just a party guy mm. tends to like dominate <laughs> like the school, right? I mean, animals. think about think about <laughs> school. Yeah, compared to the Neanderthal, like think about like your classic you know school flick. It's like the nerd yeah. is not popular, exactly and does not survive in school. Whereas like the jock is like just fucking loud and yeah, and there should be echoes of that in this. Yeah, it should great. be like. But a non-funny version of that. I don't know what that would look like. Maybe... What's a non-funny high school, like, coming-of-age thing? They're usually funny. A non-funny. A non-funny one. Uh, the Virgin Suicides? What is that? The uh, Maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I think the Virgin Suicides is a non-funny... Sort of high school bullying... Coming of age, coming of age thing. Have, have you seen the Virgin Suicides? No, no, I haven't. It's pretty, oh, yeah, there pretty you go. rough. Ranked number thirty-nine on the fifty best high school movies. I would read that list any day of the week. Oh yeah. Um, I'd... maybe also like a Pay It Forward. Did you watch that one? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay It Forward. Also a non-funny. Mm, also pretty non-funny. Um, yeah, just looking down this list, most of these are, are comedies, which is funny because. High school is not a funny time when you're actually no. getting bullied. <laughs> it's not great. It's kind of a bummer. But so, we love to laugh at them. So this is kind of a, um, a second this is a virgin suicide. It's a, of, it's a virgin suicide meets of Game of Thrones. Archaic humans. Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> in my yeah, mind, when I thought, I mean, in my head, I, I just assumed that Neanderthals mm. uh, were morons. And maybe that's mm. because, I guess, compared to today... You know, even humans and Neanderthals were were simple creatures. Yeah, I um, think that's just anti-Neanderthal propaganda. Yeah, yeah, brought up on by humans, of bullying the time. humans. Yeah, of yeah, course. awful, evil humans. As a Neanderthal sympathizer, mm-hmm. I, um, I I curse my human brethren. Yeah, we'll have to cut all this out, of course, because we can't come out as a pro Neanderthal podcast. But <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to take a little while to, for people to get get the point that Neanderthals are actually the hero, the smart, sensitive heroes of this of this journey. Oh yeah, people are going to be like, people are going to be upset. People are going to be like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, He's yeah. A Neanderthal. But emerging from the masses will be uh, pro Neanderthal uh, <laughs> individuals. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be a uniting show, really. Yeah, that's kind of fun. It's let's get that hashtag trending. Hashtag, I stand for I stand for Andy. (laughs) (laughs) We call them Andys. (laughs) 
Andy's. I'm a Nandy. I'm a n- <laughs> because what? I'm a Neanderthal. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, great. Uh, um, Gulon. Who's playing this guy? Who's playing Gulon? Mm. I think we should find an actor who already has a strong brow and knows type mm. situations. Yeah. Um, that's good. And that's not racist because you, in this case, you are accurate. They really do have big old brows and big old noses. And honestly, Eugene Levy, now that I think about it, is kind of ticking some of those boxes for me. But he's a bit old. He's a bit old for this kind of coming of age high school drama. Um, um, what about Ron Perlman? Yes. He could be the dad. Because, again, he's, he's on the older side. He is 71. He Jeez. looks pretty good for 71. He looks great. He's a strong man for Yeah, 71. he looks like he's 35. Especially when he's giving me the finger like that. All right, I'm going to type in actors with big forwards. He's also starring in TV's Beauty and the Beast, where he actually just dresses up with facial makeup that kind of looks like he is a Neanderthal. So someone beat us to that. Maybe a, J- a Jason Mo- Momoa. Oh, you know? good, good. Get him in the mix. Big and strong. Mm, he's big and strong. Sexy. You know, you pull in the, you know, like I, I feel like the Vikings thing had a lot of like, a lot of sex appeal going for it. Oh, a lot of people tuned in just to see those, those big bodies just fucking clashing mm, with each other. Slapping together like, yeah. like a fish market. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and it's going to be hard to like get people going for these Neanderthals because of all the, the plastic on their faces. But yeah, of course. Oh, and Je- I mean, Momoa Jason Momoa action. has shown in June that he can play a smart guy. I mean, he's not just a big superhero guy. You could get okay, him good. being like the sort of like leader of the sort of head council person or whatever of the, of the, the Neanderthals. And he's like a brilliant, you know, scientist or something. And also strong and hot to boot. Hells yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now we're talking. Mm. Now we're getting people watching this. Now we're cooking with Momoa. Yeah. Um, and then the humans can just be like weedy, weedy, dorky guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, when you get like a, get get a, get a bit of a, a bit of Seth Seth Rogen in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any of his friends. Any of his. You get like an Emma up. Watson. You get Great. just a bunch of. Dweeby British people. Let's get a little Daniel Radcliffe. Let's get the whole cast of Harry Potter. Get the whole cast of Harry Potter and they play humans. Yeah. Because they are kind of what I think of when I think of... I mean, they love teamwork. God knows that. But they are weak and pathetic. Once you take away their magic. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Great. Great. Mm -hmm. So we've got the cast of Harry Potter playing the humans. We've got Jason Momoa. You've got got the cast of Dune playing... Keep playing the Neanderthals, and we've got ourselves we've got ourselves a a, a, a thriller, yeah, a real thriller. What'd you call this bad boy again? I called it Second Species. Good. I'm open to it. I'm open to suggestion. That's fine. It's really hard to name these fucking shows, huh? Yeah, no, it's impossible. It's hard to name the shows and to name the characters. <laughs> to name the characters and to write the pictures for the shows. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. discuss them in a meaningful mm. way. <laughs> yeah, it's really tiring. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> do I take a break? Let's take a little break and we'll be back after these words from our sponsors. Mm. Hey there, listener. Do you have a cool business idea and you're looking to try and get it in front of customers? Well, why not try and sponsor it on this podcast? We've got no sponsors, which isn't a good indicator of reach. 
but we'll literally sponsor your thing for free. So get in touch with us today, right now. Steamy Potential Podcast. Find us on Instagram. And you too can have an ad filled with random crap. And welcome back to... You help yourself. Steamy Potential. You're meant to be a team, Dan. Meant to be a team. Well, I'm the end Neanderthal here, so... <laughs> so, you so know, nothing suppo- about supposedly <laughs> I hate teams. I do hate teams. According to Wikipedia, the great mm. uh, source for all inspiration is Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, if you're not sure what to write about, just go on a bunch of articles. I actually do believe that yeah, most of the good TV shows are are come through kernels of truth. I still harp back on that one you pitched about the Italian royal family. Oh yeah. And if I had to pick one of these ideas to get made, I think I'd want that. It's just real funny. <laughs> yeah. They I think knowing that there's some someone out there that really believes something or actually like yeah, a kernel of truth makes the fiction all the more delicious. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Speaking of total fiction, mm-hmm. here is my pitch. It's called The Bestest. Mm. Stan and Anna are getting a divorce. It's just not working. They haven't been getting on for a long time, for many years. They have two kids in a shared house, and both are Russian Orthodox Christians. To get a divorce, they need permission from their church. The priest, who they need permission from, happens to be Stan's dad, Father James. Father James tells them that he will let them out of their marriage if they win at a local mixed doubles tennis tournament. A 10-week round-robin tournament with the prize of a racket restringing voucher. Only one voucher that the doubles team share. (laughs) Stan and Anna are exceptionally average at tennis. And so is everyone else in the tournament, bar from a few randomly semi-talented but in no way good teams. Stan and Anna are not angry at each other, but rather conceded to the fact that their relationship is done. They're ready to move on, move out, and start new relationships. Stan and Anna navigate their awkward, uh, awkwardness, training, and preparing to win the tournament and get their divorce. We watch terrible matches of tennis as this couple slowly reconnect through working together. It's not easy. Tennis is frustrating, and they kind of suck. Will these two manage to be the bestest in this heartwarming rom-com? The bestest. The bestest. Um, tell me how you decided on Russian Orthodox. Um, that's a good question. Thank you. I guess I play, I do play like in a local mixed doubles uh, mm-hmm. tennis tournament. And there's a lot of, a lot of Russian people play tennis. Ah. Yeah. It's like pretty, like, yeah. It, it's pretty pretty popular, I guess, in in the Russian community. And why are they playing yeah. so much tennis? I really can't. I, had, I can't think of a professional, a single professional Russian tennis player. Uh, well, I mean, there was, I guess, Sharapova was. No, oh, yeah, was she was I a pretty big was one? Russia. Yeah, Medvedev. I think he's Russian. I think he's the number. Yeah, well, now I can think world. of two. Um, yeah, he's Russian. Well, Medvedev. obviously, obviously, those two huge Russian ones, but I can't think of a third. No, no one can. Is um, what about like Kornikova? Was she um, was she was she Russian? Yeah, but I can't think of four big Russian tennis players. Nick, that's Marat that was my point. Safin. I think he won the Australian Open a few times. 
Um, but I can't think of I can't think of twenty or thirty big Russian professional world number one tennis players. And that was my original no. point. No, neither and can I'm, I. I'm glad you've proven my point, Mick. Um, which is um, that all Russians are bad at tennis. Yeah. But still, it's kind of a funny <laughs> church to pick. So that's a, as good a reason as any to pick it. Yeah, yeah. I think I just wanted a, obviously, a, an, a, just a church that, that you know, would, where you'd have to seek permission to get a divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of... A kind of church sticks that to their grants guns. you a divorce, but they still mm. get you to like... Like, I, I, I do know someone who had to like ask their church permission for a divorce. Mm. And can you dox them to, on the podcast? And had to was a, it? A, we'll bleep apolo- out the name. And nah, I better not. But and better, <laughs> and they also had to apologize to their church for getting a divorce. Oh, fuck that! Which is like pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah, it's hard enough getting shit. the permission in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard enough getting the divorce. <laughs> making it better than going to what is meant to be your like closest community of people. Yeah. Asking them permission and apologizing and just adding yourself. <laughs> like, rough. Real and rough. to give a public speech on all the things that went wrong. <laughs> Don't get me started on the fucking pitfalls of religion, but that is just another notch yeah. on the shitty wreath of, of uh, Round Robin Tournament. Okay, so right off the bat, there's your engine, right? The fact that it's a round robin and they seem to go yep. forever. Yeah, yeah, God yeah. Knows. And also, Ram Robin me, yeah, they go forever. And also, it means that, like, you lower the stakes. They can lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, because, like, classic... Um... They can lose nine times in a row. <laughs> as long as they win that last one. Because, the, like, the classic, um, the, cl- the classic, like, sports thing is that, you know, the team mm. is losing and not very good. But in most tennis tournaments, that's the end. <laughs> Like, yeah. you lose, <laughs> that is it. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, I want to give them a... Give them a and, like, I want to I wanna keep it, like, real low-quality tennis. Like, to the point, there's no referees or anything. you got to call your own shots. Maybe there's a bit yeah. of cheating Or maybe it's some someone's point. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to yeah. bring, bring a parent that does the refereeing. Is it possible that... Yeah, okay. So, at least one episode, the dad, like, the leader of... Is he the leader of the church? Yeah. The dad, he is, yeah, right? he's the, yeah, he's the... The, the priest. So, is he a huge tennis fan? Is that kind of the premise of why he chose tennis? Yeah, I think he likes tennis. Like I said, I think um, well, it's popular. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a popular sport even outside of the the Russian Orthodox Christian community. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Uh, there's a few people that that like the tennis. Mm. Uh so I think yeah, I think he's a tennis fan. Including him. Yeah, Father James. Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, okay. Really into tennis. Can't maybe he he's never played it, but he loves to referee it and he's always wanted his family to actually come along and play. Oh, uh, yeah. He knows the he's I I think like we got classic um tennis parents as well mm. kind of involved. Mm-hmm. In fact, it'd be nice even to get a little you could get get a bit of that you know like really aggressive for no reason (laughs) like it's gotta like you gotta stop turning up to these like games that i guess like generally these games mean nothing to them it means they can get their divorce like i think you know i think that um stan has um you know like he's got like a new partner already and like they're both ready to move on that's the thing like they're not angry at each other but they gotta win this fucking tournament (laughs) yeah 
stakes are high for them, but like everyone else is just there for a good time. And like the quality of the tennis is so low that like it's hard to play well because like <laughs> balls are barely making over the yeah. net and like like you know yes. you often find yourself lunging forward because there's just no heat behind the ball. Like it's not good. Yeah. Um yeah, so there should be an element of like a kind of crackerjack element to this thing. I guess where like it should. So there, it's maybe. I guess it's all ages. I mean, it would be kind of funny if for some reason they were the only adults in it. But I guess it makes <laughs> more sense if it's all. That doesn't make any sense. It should be all ages, but still poor, like unseated. It's just it's everyone's first go, and I guess maybe there's a little bit of coaching built into it. But they are professional, you know, mature adults. They're like lawyers and doctors, and maybe their their new partners come occasionally to the game and sit in the car and watch them and just hate every minute of it. <laughs> they I just, think there's something here. There's something yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. here. And like even their kids sometimes come and <laughs> yeah. like, fucking give them tips and shit. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this as well, but I, tennis tends to be like the sport of the homeschooled. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah. the, the socially the socially awkward and, and I think that's because like you know like it's very structured. There's low chance of getting bullied because often <laughs> the team is yeah. just yourself or one other person. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to know, dox a, a team that we had when when so I was growing up in southwestern Victoria and we had a round robin like regional contest. Um, and my sister and I played with two other people, so it was like one of the it was like a four person team of doubles and we'd go out to this um tennis court in the middle of nowhere it was called the sisters was the name of the area uh and this one house in the entire area was directly next to this public tennis court maybe they moved to the house for the tennis court i'm not sure but no one ever saw them outside of the house or the tennis court and it was a whole family all freckled and red-headed all of them sad all of them angry and the parents never came. Bizarrely, it was a weird anti-tennis parent thing where they obviously were coached by the parents heaps, but the parents never came out to see them play. Maybe they watched from the windows, I'm not sure. <laughs> but so, so creepy and weird. Like, we never, basically never saw the parents. And the kids were just sad. But there were only, like, three good tennis-playing kids. So the fourth member of the team was some other kid who was like, I hate this. Because they'd have to drive to this place and join this family of, you know, products of incest. Let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to turn up and never met the parents or anything. And they only ever met them on the tennis court. It's so creepy. To watch them making out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess they went to training, which is what they call making out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, finish kissing your sister And then let's get back to <laughs> and the serves And then serve um, They call it serving actually Yeah um, So oh, Yeah, so I totally understand This sort of homeschool element of it Yeah, yeah, big time, big time, big time. And like, yeah. yeah, yeah So, and it's fine And like, certainly, like I said I'm playing a local Local tennis tournament, and there's a there it's it is just swarmed with like socially awkward people, <laughs> and like perfect. I guess as well, like like they're just muttering to themselves yeah. like often, and yeah. they're not like muttering like angry things. It's just like bounce two, bounce three, first two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 
second serve. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Everyone it's like OCD. clearly being drilled yeah. into them. Like, yeah, you know, they can't you need break to their make rituals. the calls. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that's like, and yeah. that's fine. And it's totally, so you get a lot of, there's, there's so many characters at the, at, at these tennis tournaments, especially yeah. like just these hyper amateur, like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like it, you're so amateur, but you still just turn it up of your own volition to, to like it's to great. do it. So like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a special. Got um, no team element to it. So you can't even <laughs> say, oh, I go along and have friends with my, like have fun with my like soccer friends on the team or whatever. Cause you got to, it's a very lonely sport at the end yeah. of the day, even like on the doubles team, half the time you're like, oh, you, you sh- leave that. Should have left it for me. Like I had it. It's a very yeah. like yeah. Uh, aggressive, <laughs> like antithetical. You definitely, um, if you've got one friend and you play tennis, you can lose that friend. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely not bonding. It's just more testing than anything. Yeah, <laughs> they're just a different kind of competition. You have to outsmart your doubles player. You have to like be behind them in case they don't leave it or they do leave it. It's like no, oh, I have to get everywhere behind you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm you gonna over fuck the it up whole this time? Court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of bizarre, actually, that there hasn't been a huge tennis movie or tennis TV show. Because there's, I mean, there's so many characters in it. There's only... I can only think of two tennis films. There's mm-hmm. Wimbledon, which was like kind of a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That It didn't really make any waves or anything. Yeah. It was probably less about the tennis. And, and maybe just because, like, it, especially when you make a film about, like, a but was it a comedy? Tournament. Yeah, it's rom com with uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, ah. uh, that that blonde uh, guy. Oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul that plays yeah. the guy that hurts himself in fucking yeah. <laughs> Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Um, okay, right. But then again, like same with what's it called? Match Point, maybe. What's, yeah, that's the Scarlet the Johansson. A break. Much. Break, oh, match break, point break point. Breaking point. Ah. Break point. There is a break like, point, but this is Match Point. Oh, there's Match Point as well. I think there's a movie called Break Point. Breakpoint is the seen prequel to Match Point. Yeah. <laughs> and Breakpoint doesn't really have much of Ted, is it? I've seen Breakpoint. It is fucking not a good film. Uh, oh, okay. and there's like... Break... This, there is a movie called Breakpoint. Yeah. Huh. But it's a com... It's with Gene... Uh... <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Old mate. J.K. Simmons. Amy Smart. Yeah, right. So there's two different movies. There's Breakpoint and Match Point. That's yeah. kind of weird. And there's a, there's a French film that came out uh, semi-recently called The Fifth Set, hmm. which is about him. Yeah, but can you... My point was, can you name 10 tennis movies? No. So it seems like you can't. And, that, and so my point still stands, which is like, there hasn't really ever been a movie about tennis. And until you can name 10 of them, I think that point kind of stands. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been like... Yeah. There's been a handful, but there haven't there's been, been a like handful. there hasn't been Over a crackerjack the of tennis. Entire history of yeah, it's like there's been <laughs> there's no tennis film that's like this was a big big film. Do you think Breakpoint suffered from being very closely named Point to Point Break, <laughs> the surfing film? Well, that's what it yeah, that's what this recommended. It was like, do you mean Point Break? I want to see Breakpoint. No, 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 no. I think <laughs> no, you no, want to. No. I'm see sure you don't. Point Break. Um. Yeah. Point. Breakpoint. Wait. Now there's another thing called Breakpoint, which is a TV series that started this last year. <sighs> okay. But okay. The, but the take home here, I think, is that almost all these movies are about professional tennis players, and that's not funny. The funny thing 
is the like dodgeball of tennis players. It's but like yeah, a bunch of weird homeschool kids. And also, I feel like it's weird to do a film about professional tennis players when you don't like you can't like it's because tennis is so individual mm. and so, like so um, hmm. so personality based. It's weird to do a professional film where you don't mention like you know. Yeah, it has to exist like, in a we- a world without Federer and. Djokovic and, so and yeah. Nadal yeah like especially when they're so dominant it's like you could never watch a film comfortably being like oh yeah this person could win Wimbledon it's like no they won't <laughs> that's impossible yeah it has to by definition be in like you an alternate universe English? Um, okay good where does that leave us <laughs> so it's fresh it's fresh there hasn't ever been any other shows about tennis or any Russian tennis players these are all important pieces of the puzzle that makes this extra fresh. Um, so, do these two crazy kids figure it out, or is the take home here that um, you know they're still in basically loving relationships with their new partners, and there's nothing wrong with divorce? Maybe that it is that maybe that it is maybe that is it that divorce is divorce is the the third character in this. It's the good guy. <laughs> I always thought of the city of divorce. <laughs> the city of divorce is the fifth woman. Um, <laughs> um, like, I... Like, okay. The, mm. the, the, obviously, the correct me. thing to do is that they like, rediscover their love for each other by yeah. spending time and cooperating mm. and yeah, that's very match that. Point. And mm. that, is, that is what... Um, that's what the people are going to want. You know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like you're going to want to watch this and you're like, ah, you know, like you, you want Russ and Rachel to get together. You know, you want, yeah. you want JD and Elliot well, I want to, to work it out. Joey know? and Rachel to get together, but. You want Joey and Rachel to just finally fucking put it through each other. Mm. So that's what the people are going to want. Through each other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'd like to think that, that we would be uh, intelligent and we would be, um, Mm-hmm. We 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 break the the mold and 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 kind of be like no this is about two people that can still get along and yeah should be allowed to get divorced but but honestly if if we're gonna want to get this made the studio's gonna step in the, the real winner here is Christian marriage <laughs> is is the uh, Moscovian patriarchal society <laughs> um, it's funded entirely by. The sort of Russian foreign affairs department. by the Kremlin, yeah. Um, how how about we have our cake and eat it too? Where like mid season, maybe we take it in a direction where we th- we think they're going to get back together, but then they're like partners meet each other and they kind of all get along really well. And there's a big kind of bottle episode, big dinner party episode right in the middle of the, of the first season, and they just get along real well. And then the rest of the season just tends towards. Basically, a foursome, a kind of polyamorous, very enlightened, very progressive relationship. Yeah, what if we get a full-on partner swap? Yeah, that's interesting. And it's just dealt with so <clears throat> maturely and... Tactfully. And tactfully and deftly. The kids are all about it. They're like... <laughs> Which I definitely trust. Yeah, the kids love it. The kids love to see it and hear about it. The more I hear about and, it, the more I think this is slowly becoming that family of freckled redheads. That <laughs> we finally made their story. <laughs> the story that needed to be told. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what the right answer there is. I mean, well, yes, I know, what the, as you said, the right answer is they get together. But it's kind of a cop-out, right? 
Because then, like, you, you, the season has to end when they get together. Unless then they fight f- and go around in circles. I guess it's got to finish when they, yeah, when they win the tournament, right? That's that's the natural I guess conclusion. that would be the natural thing. Unless, you know, there's some there's another technicality. Tournament. Yeah, they're like, what they, like, cut back in time and one of them, like, did a foot fault in, like, the second week. And the dad's like, no, technically, <laughs> you know. That means we're going to go right back to this dad. It's like a foot fault, but they're still just kind of popping the ball up <laughs> into the air to serve it in yeah, because exactly. they can't serve because they're not tennis players. They can't players. serve, but the rules must be... <laughs> rules are rules in the words of tennis rules champion Scott that Morrison. Extra, yeah, that extra <laughs> inch they gained on the court definitely didn't allow them to power that lollipop serve into yeah. the... Into the rip, but yes. Well, the the dad, I mean, Father James is a real stickler. All Russian Orthodox are. (laughs) Apparently. Um, Let's, uh, yeah. Let's cast, yeah, let's cast these guys. Let's cast this. Um, We need a hot couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we want to get this made. Anna, corner. Can I, can, be honest. (laughs) Did you look up Russian tennis players? Because you had so many at hand. Um, I could name only four off the top of my head, and that was Sharapova, because obviously yep. she was number one for a while. Medvedev, mm-hmm. he just won the US Open. Rublev yep. is kind of a young guy that's coming up. And Kornikova, mm-hmm. because I had their PlayStation game and a Kornikova's Smash Court Tennis. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's why I could name four. It's just because you named one of them Anna, and I thought, but may- okay, maybe he's to get... Inspiration for names. Maybe you looked up Russian tennis players. But no, it sounds like you just had them off the top of your dome, which I applaud, but still point stands. You haven't been able to name 50. And so there aren't any other ones. Um, so Stan and Anna, this is good. Um, are they, they're kind of like, what, mid-40s, early 40s, something like that? Yeah, I They got so. kids, right? They got, they got kids. Like, not young, young kids, but, you know, still at home kids. You know who could be the guy... Who's kind of got already a little bit of a Russian look about him? What about John Krasinski? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I think we know he John can be Krasinski. funny. Yeah, not because of The Office, where I assume he's not very funny, but um, you know his work as a as an action boy. Well, he was pretty funny in um, A Quiet Place. <laughs> yes, and he was also very funny in the movie Thirteen Hours. <laughs> And let's not forget mm-hmm. about his excellent work in Shrek the Third. Yes. And his work in the Iraq War in Jarhead as the funny guy. <laughs> he's done a lot of he's such he's split right down the middle of this guy. Oh, he's already been oh oh that's so weird. I, I don't know why know he came to my to head. Say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that isn't the reason he came to my head because I was already thinking like he could be in the previous pitch. I thought, oh, that guy, he could be a good, like, ne- kind of funny Neanderthal guy. Actually, he could be a great Neanderthal. Yeah, he could yeah, be a f- yeah, yeah. kind of a cool Neanderthal, but he's too funny. Yeah. I don't think he would he would work. But th- So then I brought, broke him out anyway, cause I, but maybe I was putting two, to, two and two together and thinking of License to Wed, yes. which, which is dangerously close to the plot of this movie. Don't get me wrong, this movie is, your pitch is, is far show. superior. But essentially, like, the basic mechanics of the movie are the same. Yeah. They need permission from a priest to do something that they yeah. should be able to just do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, did we watch this movie together? 
Because I feel like I we had some I actually think we have moments. seen this film together. Yeah. 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 Because uh, yeah. the kid. The kid is the star the of this film. The fucking kid is the king of this film. Who is the kid in this film? Let's get um, this kid back. In let's this get this TV kid show. up. Um, Josh. Is it? Flitter? Flitter. No, that's Was just he his the choir kid? boy. Was that the kid? Maybe he didn't have a name in the show, in the movie. Well, he's <sighs> only 27 now. And he looks... He must be another stuff. Yeah, nope. it was the kid. Definitely the kid. Oh, he was the kid? Yeah. That's great. Um, okay, but I still stand by, like, John, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Because we know he can play um, funny, priest-motivated, wedding, paradigm-structured leading man. He's yes. done it before. Yes. So then who will be his his partner in crime? Um, Reese Witherspoon? Hmm. I love my Reese. Yeah. What's she up to? Um, recently? Mm. <clears throat> hmm. Mm. Am I touching something? Mm. I think I might be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, and in, what about the... If this were Shit's Creek, I'd be doing a lot of eyebrow work right now. <laughs> and and it would be silent and silence. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> in the script, it would say, laugh track here. But for some reason, Word would delete that, that note. It's in the 22-minute episodes. They get, they get their 22-page <laughs> page <laughs> script, and occasionally yeah. there's one line on a page. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's just sketched some eyebrows above and below it. <laughs> it's like, oh, this page is blank. Yeah, that's just reserved. <laughs> that's for... all Eugene, baby. Eugene <laughs> requires a blank page per episode. <laughs> um, who? Wait, who did you say again? Oh, Reese. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm on board. I'm lost. Yeah, great. And what about the priest? What about priest with a spoon? There's a lot of different funny things you can say about her name, isn't there? Really, when you try. <laughs> priest, priest with a spoon. <laughs> um, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, with a spoon is not so is the priest her dad or his dad? The priest is, the priest is, um, oh, it's his dad. It's his dad, okay. It shouldn't really matter. I just, it'd be nice to get someone that kind of has some um, similarity. Or at um, least it's the same age of him to confuse everyone. Like, yeah. Rogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, or just only got Momoa. three actors' names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or um, the like Zendaya. Yeah. Timothy. Yeah, Zendaya. Timothy Chalamet. Mm. Tim Shall. Timmy Shall. Um, well, shall we Timmy stick a fork Shem. in this bad boy? Yeah, I think she's done. Wait, who's the dad? Uh, Matt Damon. Okay. What, what about. Um, um, what about Robin Williams? But a kind of, <laughs> but a kind of, they do pull a Star Wars on him, and it's going to cost a hundred million dollars. But we've got Robin Williams. <laughs> we just lose a, a use a bunch of cuts from license to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's half Muppet. It's half cuts. There's a little bit of Princess Leia in there, and by which I mean they actually use the footage of Princess Leia, but with <laughs> with Ron Williams' face poorly animated over the top. There's a lot of like space shots. It's a real, it's, it's a, a mess. mess. <laughs> it's the most expensive mess you've ever seen. <laughs> the most expensive TV show ever made, <laughs> and it is not done well. <laughs> 
And yeah. people are bored because it's the same material. Right <laughs> yeah, because we've only got like 20 minutes of licensed to wed footage. <laughs> and most of it's Robin Williams in that van with the kid. <laughs> and it's the funniest part of the show. Uh, that's great. Uh, good. Um, well, uh, I think we're going to have to leave it there. How many, yeah. how many seasons do you give this bad boy? Um, I actually think it could do like a, I could see it doing a five if these characters great. are likable enough. And if we do go down the road of like, um, foot kind of polyamorous <laughs> five seasons of foot faults. <laughs> yeah. 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 But each season, it's a different trivial error that they've committed. Like one of them is technically a let towards the end. And the audience will forgive that four times. (laughs) We'll get cancelled on the fifth. Yeah, well, if there's enough good Williams footage, I think he can get away with a lot. (laughs) Robin, that is, not Serena or or Venus. Yeah. Not the tennis play Williams. Yeah. You get, we're going to really ring licensed that 90 minute film Robin Williams footage <laughs> over five seasons yeah. of this TV show. Love it. Yeah, great. Well, that is the bestest. Um, it's, it and is good. That's all we got time for uh, in this wonderful episode of Steamy Potential. Mm-hmm. Loved every second of Sing it, Nick. And thank you to you. Two great pitches. Two great mm-hmm. pitches. What were they again? We got the bestest mm-hmm. and we've got of course. Second species. Second species. Mm-hmm. Mm. Two more closer to death. And by death, I mean 100 episodes for our um, pilot coffee table book. That's right. Which will be Do available to people still have purchase. coffee table books? It's a very they 90s will. phenomenon. We'll bring them back. Or okay. like, at least like, it'll be good Christmas stocking filler. You know, it's like, ah, mm. oh, cool. That's fun. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it is it a perfect Christmas gift. Dust. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Great. We'll try and sell them to, like, doctors. Mm. Offices and things. Anyway. Mm. Um, Till next time, stay steamy. And manage your potential. That's my catchphrase. Mm. Mm.